You're listening to a Behind Closed Doors podcast on 3CR 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash Behind Closed Doors. Our podcasts are also available on iTunes and Spotify. This show is broadcast on the land belonging to the people of Kulin Nation. Behind Closed Doors 3CR pays its respect to elders past, present and emerging and acknowledges that sovereignty has never been ceded, always was and always will be Aboriginal land. You have tuned in into 3CR's program Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind Closed Doors aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful this program is not suitable for little years as there may also be explicit language use. Please email us at bcd3cr at gmail.com. Hi everyone, this is Kitty Kalora and I am joining you today on the 25th of November for a very important and serious talk as well. The 25th of November marks our walk against family violence and it's important to raise awareness around family violence because one woman is killed every week by either her current or her former partner. I'm walking today and it's a day where I choose to raise awareness about this given that I personally have experienced family violence myself. Just by way of a heads up, this episode tonight is going to be a bit heavy but it's also going to give us an opportunity to explore different ways to get support and how to stand in solidarity. You can find on our social media a list of support services that you can contact should you need to further debrief after this episode. You can find it on BCD, 3CR, on all the socials. Breathe in and out. You're listening to 3CR. Before we begin, I just want to take the time to acknowledge all of our victim survivors who might be listening in and also to acknowledge their past trauma or who are living through the trauma. I also want to acknowledge all of those loved ones whose lives have been lost to family violence. In this episode, I really want to take the opportunity to just be really raw with you, to share with you a part of my life and my history Um, that's very personal to me, but has really, truly made me the person who I am today. And I can say that through my trauma, I have found great strength and I have used something that was really horrific to now be advocating for other victim survivors and for people who do not have a voice in this space. It's so important to stand in this gap and to change the laws that do not support victim survivors and to really push hard to change a system that needs so much change Um, because it's not only a broken system that needs fixing but it's also a huge cultural shift amongst our society amongst the people whom we're getting support from including the police who have to change their ways and their perspective 
on family violence as well. So in today's episode, I'm going to share with you quite a bit of my history. And also we're going to look at the actual facts around family violence as well. So a lot of our listeners know that I grew up in a devout Christian home. Now this for me meant that whomever I married, I'm going to marry them for life. And obviously being very young at that point of time, I thought um, this person, no matter how badly they treated me, I was going to make that marriage work. I was only 18, going on 19 at that time. And I would find myself in really heated arguments where I was thrown up against the wall, choked and told this is where I was going to die. I'd be punched in my spine and I would black out. There were so many nights where I accepted death. I would wake up the next day and I'd be greeted with a poem, flowers, breakfast in bed and promises that these things would never happen again and little did I know back then that this was a classic example of family violence but you know I just want to take this opportunity to give a bit of insight family violence can take so many different forms it doesn't only have to be physical it can also be mental abuse emotional abuse financial abuse it can be using children against you it can be the act of saying don't leave me or I'll kill myself you know that's a form of coercion People often think that family violence needs to have physical marks and bruises, but the truth of the matter is that too many victim survivors have other emotional scars that can't be seen, that family violence is currently the invisible, the unseen, and when we can't see it, people don't believe that the victim survivor is in a relationship that has family violence. When someone is in a family violent relationship, there is a huge shift in a person's understanding of safety, their freedoms are extremely limited, and they're often isolated. The person using violence oftentimes justifies their violence by blaming the victim survivor for what the victim survivor has done or has not done. And oftentimes the victim survivor does blame themselves and does believe those lies told by the person using violence. More often than not, the victim survivor is led to take responsibility and accountability for the person who's using violence. The violence is justified to them and they think that it's because of them that the violence happened. When the truth of the matter is that violence should never be excusable nor rationalized. There is no reason to ever have to succumb to violence, especially in a relationship. And no one should be subjected to violence. Violence can also include being berated on a daily basis, being told you're worthless, useless, stupid, to the point where you believe that you are, to the point where you lose all independence and you feel like you have to rely on the person who's using violence to look after you and to care for you because they've brainwashed you to think that you cannot do life by yourself. To get a quick snapshot, you can look up the Wheel of Violence, Power and Control, which breaks down very clearly the different elements that constitute abuse. 
Another really enlightening diagram is called the cycle of violence, which tends to start with the tension building phase, followed by the act of violence, and then quickly with a honeymoon makeup phase, you know, the promises of they'll never do it again, they're sorry, and they can't believe what they've done. And this tends to follow with a shorter period of calm, and then the tension building starts again. And as this happens, the cycle starts becoming smaller and quicker and more episodes of violence tends to occur. And it wasn't until I saw this diagram for myself and connected it with my own life and what I was experiencing that I had to admit I was in a family violent relationship. I can't and I don't speak for all victim survivors but I do speak from my own personal experience and in my personal experience I didn't want to acknowledge that I was in a violent and abusive relationship. In my family divorce would never have been an option because of my family's religion and I wanted to make things work because that's all I knew. Going back to my story and experience of living through family violence, I was very lucky that I was living in a tiny one-bedroom apartment at that time in Richmond and my neighbours rang for the police. I suppose they must have heard me being thrown up against the wall one too many times. When the police showed up, they found bruises on my back. They removed my then-husband and they said, you're not allowed to come back to this place within 24 hours. But me being me, you know, wanting the marriage to work, I let him back in almost immediately. And I remember telling the police that I wanted to vary that intervention order because I still wanted to live with him. And I'm sure that must be very frustrating for people to hear. But when you're put in the shoes of the victim survivor is when you realize sometimes leaving isn't so easy. And in fact, research shows as well that those who are leaving or planning to leave are at the highest risk of harm. So this is really important when it comes to getting support so you can have a safety plan and make sure that you're being well protected and looked after when planning an exit. So let me share with you now a little bit of how I got out of my abusive relationship. And it's a little unorthodox because I caught myself thinking, if things are this bad for me, is it me or is it my then husband who always treats people this way? And I looked at how he treated his mother and of what he told me of his ex-girlfriend and I decided to talk to his ex-girlfriend by connecting with her through Facebook. I met up with her and she essentially just said to me, get out, get out or you're going to end up dead. She'd shown me all the scars that he had given her and called out all the bluffs that he had lied about her. So obviously because I had never met her before, I was apprehensive to what she was saying and I didn't know who to believe because obviously I had spent many months by then. 
not being able to even trust my own judgment. Before we left, she said to me, look, it doesn't matter what I think because she knows what's going to happen and there's going to be a build-up and another explosive phase where I become unsafe yet again. And she just said, look, she's worried for my safety and the next time it happens, make sure I record um, the abuse because I'm going to need extra help. And eventually, before I knew it, there was another violent situation where my phone got smashed and I just thought, wow, (laughs) her words were true and you could not get any more truer than that. And I can't even believe I was second guessing her her story and myself. Um, But it comes to show that, you know, I didn't want to believe I was in a family violent relationship. I just wanted to focus on thinking that the relationship could work and that it was good, but it but it wasn't. And this is where we have to be patient with victim survivors and for them to know that we are there to help them and support them whenever they are ready, whenever they do feel like it's the right time, because they will know best. What we can do is to remind them that they are not alone, that family violence is actually something that happens very often and that there's no excuse for it, that no one should have to put up with abuse and that there is a different life outside of this. So I oftentimes find myself thinking about the smaller moments that led up to that event that allowed me to decide to leave that relationship. And smaller moments like those often include people from the general public calling out those abusive behaviors that they were willing to speak up against. It was in those moments that I realized I didn't have a voice and someone was willing to stand up for me to say what he was doing to me was not okay and unacceptable. I remember this one time we were at Richmond Station and I was being berated on the platform and someone from across Uh, on a different platform yelled out and said that wasn't okay, that he needed to stop and that they were going to come over if he didn't. Um, It was an enlightening moment, really, to be able to see just a random person from the general public be so willing to speak up for me. And it made me realize that what I was going through was enough for someone else to be uncomfortable and that it wasn't accepted by society's standards. I think all of us need to have a bit of everyday hero in us to have that bravery to speak up, stand in the gap and to call it out as what it is. And that is abuse. That is family violence. It is only when we speak up that we can move the people around us. And any microscopic step forward is ultimately a step forward. And I'm forever grateful to every single stranger who has helped me in my life uh, to get me to where I am today, which is someone who's still alive, um, despite having to live through family violence. Whomever those neighbours were who rang for the police, I may never find out who they were, but I am forever eternally grateful. What's wrong with the world, mama? People living like they ain't got no mamas. 
to the drama Only attracted to things that'll bring the trauma Overseas, yeah, we tryna stop terrorism But we still got terrorists here living In the USA, the big CIA The Bloods and the Crips and the KKK But if you only have love for your own race Then you only leave space to discriminate And to discriminate only generates hate And when you hate, then you're bound to get irate Yeah, madness is what you demonstrate And that's exactly how anger works and operates Man, you gotta have love just to set it straight Take control of your mind and meditate Let your soul gravitate to the love, y'all, y'all People killing, people dying Children hurt and you hear them crying Can you practice what you preach And what you turn the other cheek Father, 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 help us Send some guidance from above These people got me, got me questioning Where is the love? I just played was Black Eyed Peas Where's the Love and I hope while listening to it that you did ask yourself where is the love because everybody wants to be loved and you deserve to be loved oh big breath kitty big breath (laughs) the reason why I'm not editing these tears out is because family violence isn't something that's easy it's not something that's comfortable and it's something that so many people are experiencing behind closed doors in a very bad way through my advocacy work with family violence i want people to know that there is another life and that they don't have to live like that and they don't have to put up with any kind of abuse i think that as a society we must stand together in the gap and raise awareness about this and say, no, enough is enough and we will not put up with violence. We will not condone it and we will do whatever that needs to be done to show that we don't accept violence. I want to encourage our listeners to prepare yourself for when you do see something that makes you think of family violence and be ready Be prepared to stand up, speak up and identify it. Say that it's not acceptable because those small moments do change someone's life and can save a life. 
If what you've heard so far makes you think of your own situation or someone you know of, I want you to know that there is so much help and support for everyone who is struggling with this. My colleague and I, we oftentimes discuss that family violence isn't something that merely affects the victim survivor, but it also affects those around the victim survivor. And that can include family members. It most definitely includes children. Research shows that children who witness domestic violence are at an increased risk of anxiety, depression, low self-esteem, poor school performance, and have many other problems that harm their well-being and personal development as well. Children are also victim survivors in their very own right, even if they are being quote-unquote sheltered from it by removing them from the room. They still know what's going on and they are still affected. If any of you are going to take one thing away from this entire show, please remember this. There is a life outside of family violence. There is actually a lot of support. And I know our system isn't perfect right now. But what I want you to know is that you don't have to put up with it. There is a way out where you can get support to plan an exit strategy and rebuild a life that you want, that you are free to choose however you want to live and be an independent person who is able to decide for themselves what they do with their lives and how they want to live it. It can be a life that's free from fear, free from judgment, It can be a life that's full of healthy relationships, whether that's with your friends, family, future partner. There is just a limitless possibility of a different life that's free from abuse and free from coercion, free from threats, free from isolation. And gives you the freedom that you deserve and need. You are worthy. Every person deserves respect. And there is no justification for abuse. There's no justification for disrespect. And when you call it out and you're met with excuses, when you're met with threats, you know that's not a healthy relationship. Because a healthy relationship is one that has respect, that's mutually given and received, and one that doesn't coerce another person to behave a certain way to make the other person happy. I know that there are a lot of people in very similar situations to what I had gone through, where they don't want to leave their abusive partner, even though they acknowledge that their relationship isn't one that's healthy. And to that, I say this is why Sasha and I constantly discuss healthy relationships and boundaries and talk about consent on behind closed doors. And the reason why we do this is because to have a healthy relationship, we have to learn how to set boundaries, negotiate what we will allow happen to us and what we don't want to happen. When things happen that we say no to and we still get disrespected for, That is a huge sign to us that something is not right, that we are not being respected. And then it's up to us to decide where we want to go from there. 
Now, in a family violent relationship, sometimes that decision of being able to leave is taken away from us, and that's where there are support lines that you can call, or even triple zero if your life is in an immediate danger. I know this is so much to take in and thank you so much for staying on with me during this difficult and challenging episode, but I think it is so important to educate ourselves, to be able to identify family violence and to also know how to respond to it. Before we end our very important episode for today, I just want to highlight the upcoming 16 days of advocacy that starts today, the 25th of November, and that ends on the 10th of December, which is International Human Rights Day. This is 16 days of activism against gender-based violence to stop violence against women and girls. There are so many ways to participate and show your support in all of this, whether it is simply by walking today, wearing orange, or participating in any of the upcoming events for 16 Days of Advocacy. Our very own Sasha Sidek is going to be speaking on the 7th of December and emceeing for the Y campaign, which stands for We Hear You. When it comes to family violence, the pain and suffering is oftentimes invisible because it's covered up and hidden behind closed doors. I think it's when we are willing to say we hear you, we see you, we believe you. It is when we can actually bring so much change and healing to those who are currently suffering in silence. Thank you to everyone who has stuck in throughout this entire episode and who's willing to be prepared to stand in that gap if ever we encounter or witness family violence taking place. We are ready to say no and we're willing to stand in that gap and we are prepared to say we will not tolerate any form of abuse. To you all, I say thank you. I end today's episode with a very fitting song. It's by Emmy Melly and it's called I Am Woman.
This is a replay from an episode of Behind Closed Doors. We sincerely hope you enjoy this episode as much as we have enjoyed producing it. <laughs>